Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Before I get going with the regular segments, I just want to send out a little love to some of my family. On the night I'm recording this, my cousin Tim, who is the same age as me, who I grew up with, is in the hospital having suffered a brain aneurysm. I've talked about my family on several different occasions. I'm from this large, sprawling family. My mother has 13 siblings. My grandparents, in addition to their 14 biological children, also brought in 10 foster kids and were just the sort of people who welcomed anyone into their home and welcomed anyone at their table. And I, <clears throat> I was very lucky. I've been very lucky to grow up with such an incredible family. My best friends growing up were always my cousins. Timmy definitely being, being one of them. Uh, it's funny when you're from a, a family like mine... I remember talking to friends who they would only have a a couple of cousins and those cousins didn't live nearby. And I had, (laughs) I had like five cousins who were born within a year of me and we were close, not only in proximity where we grew up, but we spent holidays together and our birthdays together and really every free moment together and slept over at each other's houses. And it was an amazing gift to sort of have these built-in best friends. So I just wanted to mention that up top. One of the reasons I do these things is to ease my own mind in a lot of ways. And I found out uh, about... Tim's situation today, so I'm just sending my love to him and his family, just hoping things turn out as best as they can, and that's just kind of where my my head was at, thinking of a lot of the time that we spent together growing up, we're only a few months different in age, and spent a lot of time together when we were young. And in my family, I suppose it's a numbers game. In some ways, it's just playing the odds. There are so many of us that we've faced a lot of hardship, we've faced a lot of tragedy and struggles, But even as we've gotten older and some of us have moved away or we don't see each other as frequently, I'm also very grateful for the fact that my family really comes together when things are hard. We really believe that family is family. It's a permanent thing. And I certainly haven't seen or talked to Tim as much in recent years as I did when we were kids, but love him, love my family, and 
sending the best. With that, I'll jump into our regular podcast. We always start with a good news segment where feature some organization or individual who's doing positive things. The organization we're featuring this week is the Starfish Foundation. The website can be found at starfishfound.org. It's an organization that was originally founded in 1998 in Madison, Wisconsin. Now they're based in Milwaukee. I've been trying to feature a few more relatively local organizations. And what the Starfish Foundation does is assist people who have experienced emotional trauma. They specifically fund participation in a couple of programs. One is called Taking It Lightly, and the other is called Renewal. They're programs for emotional healing and trauma recovery. They also pay for a Healing Warrior Hearts Retreat, which is for veterans who have been dealing with emotional trauma and they provide that service send veterans to that retreat at no cost to them i think that's such an important thing emotional trauma is so prevalent it's often hard to treat because we don't see it i talk to my students about that frequently There are so many people in our lives, ourselves, we deal with emotional trauma, we struggle with our social emotional health. That's why we spend time every day in my classroom addressing social emotional needs because it's the foundation of everything. It impacts every aspect of our lives and it can be hard to address because it's invisible. And though I think things are improving, I think there's more resources, I think there's less stigma around addressing our emotional health, we're not where we need to be yet. And if we had a physical injury, we would treat it. If we had a broken leg, it would be evident. We would get medical help. Get a cast put on. Emotional trauma is so much harder because other people aren't able to see it around us. That means we often don't react to other people in a way that considers the emotional trauma they may be facing. Again, if we saw someone with a broken leg, we wouldn't expect them to run a mile. but we often don't apply that same sensitivity to someone's potential emotional struggles. And in a lot of ways, that emotional trauma can be far more damaging and far more long-term. It sort of fully unnerves every part of our lives. 
So it is something that needs to be addressed, and I appreciate programs that provide resources for people that support programs like the Starfish Foundation is doing. So if you're someone who needs support, needs some help recovering from emotional trauma, understand there are some organizations out there and anyone out there especially at this time of year as we're in the holidays, it can be easy to forget about people who are struggling. And this can be a time of the year that is more challenging for people who are facing social and emotional struggles. Thank you to the Starfish Foundation. This is Family Time 88. And we're talking about compliments and criticism. We're back to relationship skills for our social-emotional learning competencies. And a big part of our relationship skills is focusing on communication. Different aspects of communication. This week, we want to talk specifically about our responses to what we perceive as positive or negative feedback. And I've really got four questions for my students this week. First, how do you feel when receiving a compliment? Second, how do you feel when receiving criticism? Third, how do you graciously receive both compliments and criticism? And four, how do you give constructive feedback? Those are kind of difficult questions to answer. First, how do you feel when someone gives you a compliment? Hopefully you feel good. It's great when people compliment us, but it can be difficult for us to graciously receive that compliment. I struggle with that. I have, I've always struggled with that. I still do. When someone compliments me, I want to be humble. I don't want to be egotistical. So it, it makes me a little uncomfortable. I don't necessarily like the spotlight being shined on me. I'm not looking for a lot of attention. So that's a delicate balance. I've tried to learn as I've gotten older to be a more gracious receiver of compliments. And that term gracious receiver, I've used many times. I got it from Mr. Rogers, someone I reference often. And I do think that's an incredible gift. If someone is giving us the gift of a compliment, and it really is a gift, we should recognize the value in that. Because the other person has to put himself or herself out there a little bit. When people give us compliments, they have to be a little bit vulnerable. Because they don't, they don't know how we're going to take the compliment. And they're giving us a gift. The gift of just something positive. 
That's an important gift. It's a powerful gift. In a world that can tear us down and compare us to all of these images and constructs. For someone to simply compliment us. To simply be kind for kindness sake. It's important that we recognize the value in that and we respond in kind. That we graciously receive that. Whether it's saying thank you or showing Showing the positive feeling it gives us. That's a great thing. And that really goes to how do we graciously receive criticism as well? Because that's the next question is how do you feel when you receive criticism? That one's tough. It's very easy to get defensive when we're being criticized. We might feel like we're being attacked. And criticism, the word itself, has a negative connotation. We could also look at how we react if we're getting constructive feedback. But anytime someone points out a perceived flaw or a perceived shortcoming of our own, that can be hard to handle. Even if, even if we're aware of it, even if we think we could be better in a certain area, it's hard to hear it from other people. I think it's hard sometimes to accept other people's perceptions of us. And when I say accept other people's perceptions of us, that doesn't mean that we have to agree with those perceptions. Or that we have to like them. And I certainly don't mean that we have to care about other people's perceptions of who we are. But at times we're faced with the reality that people see us a certain way. And that's that can be tough. Especially if it's not how we would like to be perceived. Or not how we perceive ourselves. In that gap, in that disconnect, there is some discomfort. There can be some anxiety. That's where our ego slips in again. And we can be upset by those things. We can be upset by what we perceive as criticism. A lot of that has to do with tone with the way things are delivered with nonverbal communication which we've talked about before with our relationship skills now we're kind of looking at that applied to a specific more specific situation what if we're getting some feedback we consider criticism how do we react what makes it criticism to us is it the tone? Is it the way that it's delivered? So when we're talking about graciously receiving both compliments and criticism. Well, how do we graciously receive criticism? There will be some times that people are being critical of us, maybe unfairly. 
Maybe they are being negative about us. And we have to decide if we're going to react negatively, if we're going to have a harsh emotional reaction, or if we're going to listen to what's said and be able to take things with a grain of salt. To to listen to people's criticism and maybe take some stock in those things to recognize that there may be some truth in some of those criticisms, that there, all of us have things that we can work on. All of us have space to learn and grow and develop. So I think it's good to not discount criticism. To say, okay, if I'm being critiqued on something, even if I think it's being delivered in a harsh way or a negative way, I can, I can take something away from that. I can be gracious in receiving it. I can have broad shoulders and, and handle criticism. But I do want to examine it and say, okay, what parts of this do I maybe agree with? What parts of this can I learn from? On the flip side of that, we have to recognize that some people will criticize us. Some people will try to tear us down because they don't want us to rise above them. They don't want to lose us. They don't want us to be successful. They don't want us to accomplish certain things because it might make them look bad or they're afraid or they're insecure. Whatever it is, we have to recognize that some people will criticize us because of their own issues. And that really has nothing to do with us. That doesn't mean we have to attack back at them. It should allow us the freedom to be gracious in receiving any of that criticism. To say, okay, I will accept what I think applies to me. The rest I will discard. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard skill to develop. But that will really, really help us learn and grow and mature. When we can take praise and take criticism and treat them almost equally. Where we can appreciate what we're getting out of it and be gracious and move forward. Not let compliments inflate our ego, but appreciate them and accept them. Not let criticism deflate us and defeat us, but recognize what might have some truth in it for us. And then move forward. I'm also asking my students, how do you give constructive feedback? I don't even want to phrase it as criticism, but how do you encourage people? How do you let people know your expectations in a way that is respectful and dignified? I, I want all of my students to be leaders. I want my children to be leaders. I teach a character and leadership class, but we focus on leadership in all my classes and the sports that I coach because everybody is a leader. 
absolutely everyone in some capacity. And we all have leadership skills. We all have things to contribute to leadership. And part of leadership, if we're actually leading other people, is we have to give some constructive feedback. We have to hold people to high standards. We're, if we're leading, we're often trying to get people to accomplish a goal, whether it's a team, a company, an organization, our own families. We have to give constructive feedback. And we have to think about how we can do that in a way that is empowering instead of deflating. I, I have that conversation with my own children all the time. Is uh, I'll maybe point out something that I disagree with, uh, this behavior, whatever it is, and they might get upset and we have to have a conversation about I'm trying to teach you this I'm trying to hold you accountable here is why I'm trying to give you this feedback I try to do the same thing with my students and my athletes I have high standards we have high standards as a group collectively together I think the best way to give constructive feedback is to give it from a genuine place of love and caring. If we can do that, it makes the pill a lot easier to swallow. I really, really do think students, athletes, children, anyone we're leading, anyone in our organization, people recognize when we genuinely care. We have to show them. We have to show our followers, the, the people, our peers, anyone around us. We have to show them we care. And that sort of buys us some equity. It buys us the ability to give constructive feedback and let it be known that it's, it's from a, a caring place, a loving place from a place of empowerment. The last little thing I'm going to challenge my students to do this week is to pay somebody a compliment. What a simple, kind thing we can do. And compliments don't need to be big things. It can be, hey, I like your shoes. You did a good job on this. That's something I know as educators we don't always do as good a job of as we could. Just paying simple compliments to our students. I liked how you did this thing. I appreciate the work you put into this activity. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for doing these things. You did great at this. Those little compliments make a big difference. That helps us build that caring, loving relationship that buys us the equity to then give that constructive feedback, to then push those students, push those athletes, push the people around us a little bit harder to help them elevate a little higher than they thought they could. So start with some compliments this week. Have a great week. Much love. 
My blog post this week is plus or minus. I was thinking about a grading system that was used when I was playing football in college. Essentially, we would be graded out for every game. Coaches would sit down and watch the film after a game, and we would be given a grade in some form or another. Different methods were used. One method that I really liked is probably the simplest, simplest method that I experienced. And I was playing defensive line, and our defensive line unit would be given a grade. All the players who were in the game would be given a grade on each play, and it was either a zero, a plus, or a minus. The system was very simple. It's one of the reasons that I like it. I think most great systems are pretty simple, pretty intuitive. Basically, was if we did our job, that was a zero. Zero was the baseline. So as a defensive lineman, that would be get off the ball, get your hands on the offensive lineman, control your gap. Wherever the play is going, you run to the play. That's that's a zero. That's the job. That's the expectation. And if you are below that expectation, you might not be playing. That might send you to the bench. And anything below that expectation would warrant a minus. So that would be, oh, got hands on the offensive lineman. The ball went the other way. But you kind of just jog toward the ball. Or it was... Yeah, you shoot your hands on, kind of stalemate, but that's about it. You're not playing to the whistle. Those things are minus sorts of things. The other end was a plus, and a plus would be given for exceptional effort on a play. It was doing all the things that were required for the job, but it was also full speed sprinting to the ball, always playing to the whistle, being especially physical those things might earn a plus. Very simple system. You can go through the entire film, mark it down pretty quickly. We could look at it and see, okay, do I have mostly zeros? How many pluses do I have? How many minus plays do I have? That sort of thing. I also liked that it was focused on effort. That was really all we were being graded on in that moment. We worked on the technical and tactical parts of the game all year. And there were certainly periods where we were being corrected on that. We would still be corrected on technique things, on film and in practice. But this grading system was about something that was very controllable. You have a lot of control in your technique and your tactical understanding of the game. We have some control over our physical, over the physical component of the game. We aren't necessarily able to control things like our height and stuff like that, our natural baseline genetic gifts, but we can work out and train to increase the physical parts too. But effort is kind of right there in the moment. You can just decide to go hard or not. 
And it applies to life so well. So much of life is, are you just going to show up and give 100%? And if you do that again and again and again, good things happen. And too often in life, we're kind of living in that zero state. We're not really doing anything specifically negative. But we're also not getting a lot of plus days. We're kind of just existing. We're kind of just doing the thing, the day-to-day. We're living in that zero state. And if you live in a zero state long enough, it's going to turn into a minus. String enough zero days together, they become minus days. So the idea, the idea for this system in football, a good foundation of a good defensive football player is just maximum effort. Pretty good plan for life as well. We're not going to be able to control everything. We can work to influence other aspects of our lives, but effort, straight away, something we can make a decision about. We can decide to give our best effort. And in any situation, it's easy for us to assess. Are we adding to the situation? Are we taking away from the situation? Or are we kind of just existing in the situation? Put together some plus days. Put together some plus moments. That's how we would try to win football games. So you try to put together plus plays. That's how we find success in anything in life. Keep adding up those pluses. Have a plus moment, a plus interaction. Have a plus day. Because then that leads to successful weeks and months and years and lifetimes. Much love. This episode of the podcast is dedicated to anyone who recognizes any obscure movie quote I use in conversation. (laughs) That's something that always pleases me. I'm not sure if all families talk in movie quotes quite as much as my family does, but growing up with my brothers and my cousins... Constantly, we still do this. We will talk and throw out movie quotes without a lot of context. Something will come up and we'll throw out some quote that isn't even like a famous quote for a widely watched movie. And when that other person connects to it, that is so enjoyable. I love that. I throw out random movie quotes all the time. I do it in class constantly and I'm a teacher I'm used to students just sort of ignoring some things that I say but it's always so great when one lands when a student's like oh I know that movie or they'll say another line that's great and it's it's kind of a good litmus test around people in social situations to throw out a movie quote and if someone else there gets it It's instant connection, like 
<laughs> we've got this. We're on the same page with this thing. And my, my brothers and I would get so obscure sometimes. There's one particular movie that we quote often that we actually even use some of the quotes from the deleted scenes that were on the old DVD bonus features. So, so like, someone else would have to have not only had a pretty good recollection of this movie, but they would also have to have done the deep dive into the special features. So stuff like that is great. I kind of like those those little inside jokes, not to not in an exclusive way to not include people in the joke, but to just throw something out like that. And if somebody else bats it back, that's just great. So this episode of the podcast is dedicated to anyone who's picking up what I'm throwing down as far as movie quotes. Now from me to you for our good news segment, we talked about the Starfish Foundation and the work they're doing to support people who are struggling with emotional trauma. That is so important. Please take care of your social emotional needs, your emotional health in whatever way you need. Reach out to organizations, reach out to individuals, And everyone, please support those groups and people who are working to support our emotional health. That's so important. And we don't have enough resources. And we don't give enough attention to those things. But it's it's getting better. We need to stay focused on those things. For our family time this week, we talked about being gracious receivers of compliments and criticism. How we can compliment other people and use that to build some equity so that we can give constructive feedback when we're leading, when we're encouraging others. Try to be a gracious receiver. For the blog post this week, we talked about effort. How we have control over effort. And we just need to stack together plus efforts. And things won't always go right. Even when we give a great effort, we'll still fall short sometimes. But we'll also get stronger. We'll develop some grit. And we'll be able to go even harder next time. We'll be able to at least have the satisfaction in knowing we did all we were able to do. That we gave it our best shot. That's it for this week. Uh, Again, sending my love out to my cousin Tim and his family. Sending love out to everyone out there. If you ever need to contact me, want to contact about anything on the podcast or any of the other media stuff, please reach out through the socials. So Luke Nielsen Media on pretty much everything. Through 
the website, lukenielsen.com, or lukenielsenmedia at Gmail if you want to drop a line. I would love to hear from everybody and offer any support that I can. Thank you. Love yourself. Love each other. Love the fight. I'll be seeing you.